in overtime. He's got him. He's got him. Tyreek Hill. Fournette. Touchdown. gentlemen we are back after a week off back in the studio for episode number 13 the super bowl preview of the off the bench podcast i'm glad to be back recording and i'm glad for all of you who are listening remember if you have questions to email them to off the bench podcast 34 at gmail.com you can dm the instagram or you can comment them on the youtube whichever method you'd like So we'll start off with the championship weekend games that happened two weeks ago. First off in the NFC Championship, 49ers and the Eagles. The Eagles win 31-7. The 49ers had some pretty tough luck. Purdy gets hurt, and then Josh Johnson comes in and gets hurt, and they're down to zero quarterbacks. Really couldn't do anything without a quarterback. So just really unfortunate for them. Obviously came in the worst game possible, but... Again, just nothing you can really do about it. And then the Eagles just continuing their dominance on offense, especially on the ground. They scored all their touchdowns on runs, which is the fifth time this year that they've done that in a game. A very impressive stat. And the Eagles win and move on to their first Super Bowl since back when they won it in 2018. And it is their fourth Super Bowl of all time. Fourth Super Bowl appearance of all time, excuse me. And then in the AFC, the Bengals and the Chiefs. Bengals, obviously, before coming into that game, had the chip on their shoulder. The NFL was selling tickets to the neutral site game, thinking it would be the Chiefs versus the Bills. Bengals are all fired up, so they beat the Bills. Go to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. They're calling it Burrowhead, because before this game, Burrowhead owned Mahomes 3-0 against them. A lot of people were thinking the Bengals could win. I myself thought the Bengals would win, too. Started off slow. Chiefs looked really good in the beginning. Bengals did not. And the Bengals came back. But the Chiefs ultimately win in the end, 23-20. to Again, a back-and-forth game. But the Chiefs' defense really, on that last Bengals drive, really just locked them up. Chris Jones with that key sack set up the punt. And then Sky Moore gets a nice punt return. Maybe they missed the block in the back. Can't go back now. And then Mahomes is run out of bounds. And Osai of the Bengals, one of their linebackers, we all saw it, gives that late hit on him. 15-yard penalty, easier field goal. Bucker knocks it down, and the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl for the first time since 2020, two years ago, when they lost to Tampa. And it is their third Super Bowl appearance in fourth years. Four years, excuse me, which is very impressive. Do we have a dynasty in the making if they win this one. Only time will tell. And Andy Reid obviously is going up against his former team in the Eagles. Now, moving on from that, before we jump into the big game, we took off last week because, I mean, we still only had one game to cover. Didn't want to cover it a week early. And we anticipated that some stuff off the field would happen, which a lot of stuff happened within that one week. A lot of hirings and some significant retirements. We'll start off with the retirements. Obviously, the obvious one, the GOAT, Tom Brady, has retired from the NFL, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
I think this one's real. Last year, it was not real. But after 23 years, he's hanging him up. He's up first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. Arguably the greatest player of all time. Holds many records. I actually have him right here. I can read him off in both the regular season, postseason, and Super Bowl. In the regular season, he has the record for most games started, most wins by a starting quarterback, passing yards, passing touchdowns, completions. Touchdowns to different receivers with 98. Very impressive. Division titles, Pro Bowl appearances. He's the oldest player to win the MVP. He's the oldest player to be named to the first-team All-Pro. He has the most seasons with one team. That was 20 with the Patriots. And he's the only player to be all 32 NFL teams. Then we'll go to his postseason records. He has the record for games started, wins by a starting quarterback, consecutive playoff wins, passing yards, passing yards in a game, passing touchdowns, interceptions, which I mean comes with playing for so long, completions, multi-touchdown passing games, game-winning drives, conference championship appearances, and conference championship game wins. And then we'll go to the Super Bowl. Leads the NFL all-time in Super Bowl appearances with 10, which is an absurd amount. Obviously, Super Bowl wins with 7. He has more personally than any NFL franchise. Super Bowl MVPs, Touchdown passes, passing yards, completions, pass attempts, passing yards in a game, completions in a game, pass attempts in a game, and game-winning drives. Numbers speak for themselves. He's the greatest football player of all time to play. The game is an absolute privilege to be able to watch greatness on the TV on Sunday for a majority of my life. For the beginning of my life, I'll say. Pretty young but I don't think we're ever going to see a player like Tom Brady ever again. No one currently really is close to him, with the exception of maybe Mahomes, maybe. He has to win the Super Bowl first. Who knows if they're going to win or not. But highly unlikely we'll see a player like that ever again. So congrats to Tom on an all-time career. Also, J.J. Watt has retired Played for the Texans and the Cardinals. Uh, personal stats from he's been he's a five-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro player, three-time Defensive Player of the Year. He also won the Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2017, and he's also the first player in NFL history to record two 20-plus sack seasons in a career. Hell of a career for JJ Watt. He's for sure going to the Hall, no doubt about it. Maybe with Tom, same class. I don't exactly know how the Hall of Fame works in terms of when they're eligible to go. I'm going to have to do some more research on that. But I'd assume he'd probably be going in at the same time as Tom. And then more recently retired, A.J. Green, formerly of the Cardinals, and then before then where he got all of his uh, his great status from the Bengals. He has some pretty crazy records on the Bengals. All-time for the Cincinnati Bengals. He is second in receptions, second in all-time receiving yards, and second in receiving touchdowns for the Cincinnati Bengals. The person that he's behind for all those records made himself Chad Ochocinco. So not not a terrible name to be behind in terms of records. So great career for A.J. Green. Wish him all the best in the future. 
So I think that's all the retirements we have as of now. Right now it's Wednesday, January 8th, 2023 at 4 p.m. when I'm recording this. Haven't heard of any yet. So that's all we know for now. But we'll also look at some hires. We had some significant head coaching hires that went on over the past two weeks. Obviously, the biggest one that everyone was talking about or thinking about was Sean Payton. He was still under contract with the Saints, technically. He wasn't coaching. A lot of teams were in need of a head coach, so his name was buzzing around a lot. And the Broncos go out and get Sean Payton. Again, since he was under contract with the Saints, they had to trade for him. So they come to an agreement, Broncos and the Saints. So the Broncos trade the first-round pick this year and a second-round pick for next year. They're getting Sean Payton and a third-round pick from the Saints. So I guess the Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett experiment didn't work. They bring in a very notable coach who's won a Super Bowl. Now we'll see if the problem was really Nathaniel Hackett or if it was Russell Wilson. This will this year I think will determine it. Then for the Jets, speaking of Nathaniel Hackett, the Jets hire him as their offensive coordinator after departing ways with Mike LaFleur. Um, LaFleur was there for two years. The Jets go out and get Hackett, who was he was involved with the offense in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers went had those back-to-back MVP years. So um, he gets a lot of negativity around his name. But, I mean, transitioning from a coordinator to a coach, it's a lot. So he was a great coordinator. So I think he'll do good in New York. They, they just need to get a quarterback, obviously. Then for the Panthers, they hire Frank Reich, who was fired earlier by the Colts this year, to be their head coach. And they also hired Ejiro Averro. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. As their defensive coordinator, who spent one year as the Broncos DC. Speaking of defensive coordinators, the Texans hire D'Amico Ryan's, who was Robert Sala's replacement defensive coordinator from the 49ers. Uh, Ryan's kept the 49ers defense in that state where they're arguably a top five every year dominant defense so he leaves he gets a head coaching job in the AFC Uh, D'Amico also played for the Texans uh, as a linebacker so he is returning home I guess you could say Houston did draft him too so happy for him then the Chargers after they fired their offensive coordinator Cowboys get rid of Kellen Moore and the next day, Chargers go out and get Kellen Moore to be their offensive coordinator. He was with the Cowboys for four years. They mutually parted ways. Um, I think it's going to be helpful for Joe Burrow to have a new face as an offensive coordinator. But only we'll see what happens. We don't know right now. And then the Rams get Mike LaFleur from the Jets. I, I don't know if LaFleur worked with... Um, Sean McVay before going to the Jets. I'm not exactly sure on that. But, again, he is going to work with LaFleur. And he could really... That could really help him a lot out in L.A. The Dolphins get Vic Fangio as their defense coordinator. Uh, he will... 
they agreed on a three-year deal. He will become their DC after the Super Bowl. And Fangio, was, he was formerly the Broncos head coach from 2019 to 2021. The Niners hired Steve Wilkes to replace D'Amico Ryans as their defensive coordinator. Uh, Wilkes was most recently the interim head coach in uh, Carolina after they fired Matt Rule earlier this year. The Vikings hired Brian Flores as their defense coordinator because they needed a lot of help on their defense. Um, Flores, remember, was the head coach for the Dolphins for three years and more, more recently was the Steelers linebacker coach and their senior defensive assistant. The Patriots, get Matt Patricia, I don't think he's calling plays anymore. They hired Bill O'Brien, who was formerly the head coach of the Texans and the GM. He was, was he the mastermind behind the DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson trade? I think so. But he, he's worked with, I think he was working with, um he was working with Belichick before. He might've worked with Nick Saban over in Alabama. But again, he's back in New England with Belichick as their official offensive coordinator. Um, And that's really about it in terms of significant hires. There's been some other positions filled in in terms of general managers, or obviously the Cardinals hired a new GM after they fired Cliff Kingsbury and then their previous GM decided to walk away. Falcons get new DC Ryan Nielsen, who has spent the past six years as an assistant coach and was the Saints co-defense coordinator last year. The Browns get Jim Schwartz as their DC. He got his NFL start with the Browns under Belichick as a personal scout from 93 to 95, so he's back in Cleveland as a coach again. Saints hired Joe Woods as their defense coordinator. Uh, he replaces, again, Nielsen and his co-DC, Chris Richard. So there's only one in New Orleans now. And the Titans hired a new GM after, I think, did they fire their GM after they played the Eagles and A.J. Brown scored with two or three touchdowns. So they got a new GM and ran Carthon. So that's it for the hires as of now. I assume after the Super Bowl, we're going to see a lot more, especially uh, in terms of coaching hires. I mean, most of them have been filled out now, so we'll see a few more. And then in terms of player movements and trades, I think that will definitely happen after the Super Bowl. But... Last weekend was the Pro Bowl, which for the past forever, the Pro Bowl, no one wants to watch it because it's literally two-hand touch football, not even two-hand touch football. It sucks. The NFL listened to everyone's complaints, so they go out and they say, hey, we're going to change it up a little bit. No more football, no more tackle football, tackle in quotes because they weren't tackling we're going to have some more events, which they had some previously, but they added in some more. So after watching it last weekend, I thought it was a lot better than last year, with the exception of the water balloon event. I didn't understand that exactly. I, I don't know. I think, I mean, I guess they're going to look back on it and probably get rid of it for next year. I, I didn't see the point in it, but I did the flag football I enjoyed watching, except for the center. I didn't like how the center couldn't get out and run around, let these guys play. The catch competition was cool. Obviously, dodgeball. Everyone loves dodgeball. 
and the gridiron gauntlet was also very enjoyable to watch and i think after this year it was a good start but definitely could be built on built upon for the coming years so that concludes the pro bowl and now we're moving on to the big game super bowl 57 on sunday this upcoming sunday february 12th kickoff is expected to be at 6 30 p.m eastern time if all goes right the chiefs versus the eagles Eagles are one and a half point favorites over under set at 51 right now. Crazy, crazy stats between these two teams. One of them, I mean, it's pretty, one of them is pretty cool. So let's start off. Both teams have a 16 and three overall record. Both teams have scored exactly 546 points this year. That includes the regular season and the playoffs. Both teams have six all pros, including a Kelsey brother and their QB. Obviously, Jason Kelsey of the Eagles and Travis of the Chiefs. Both teams are number one seeds in their respective conferences in terms of playoffs. So they've only played two games prior to this game. And both both have a 4-1 and one record inside this year in terms of playing inside, like inside of domes and covered fields. Where the Super Bowl is right now in Arizona at State Farm Stadium. They have both played there and have both won there. So they're it's not unfamiliar territory for either of them. Mahomes as an underdog in the playoffs is 7-1-1 one, one against the spread, 6-3 and three straight up. I think he, this might be the only the second time that he's been an underdog in the playoffs, and I think the first time was last week against the Bengals before the line moved when the Chiefs were underdogs but that was the first time ever in his postseason career so this is the second time but no no way I don't know what I'm talking about I'm sorry I just said he's been an underdog in the playoffs at nine nine games all right I don't know what just happened I just zoned out sorry the Eagles have allowed the least amount of sacks and the most sacks on defense um Especially after after they lost to the Commanders midseason, they went out and picked up two free agent defensive interior defensive linemen. One, Nadam Kinsu. I can't remember who the other one was, but both have tremendous experience in the NFL. It really helped them out as the year progressed. And the Chiefs are playing this game with a chip on their shoulder. Remember from last week. Burrow head, Mahomes, it's not better than Burrow. They got through that, and now a lot of people have been saying, the numbers have been saying, not a lot of people, that a slightly huge, I'm saying slightly huge, I'm, I'm going to say about 70%, around 70% of the bets have been placed on the Eagles in terms of the Super Bowl. 70% have been placed on the Eagles to win, which is absurd it's insane i i can't even think about it i would think it'd be 50 50 they're both two great teams but 70 percent the eagles i can't believe it especially with how good of a team the chiefs are so that's another reason why they're playing with a chip on their shoulder are mahomes and jalen hurts both going to be healthy are they both 100 percent right now because obviously mahomes played with that sprained ankle really he was a huge pocket presence which i mean they win games 
when he's in the pocket. I don't think they've lost when he's thrown a majority of his passes from the pocket. And then Jalen Hurts obviously has that shoulder injury that he in, had right before the end of the regular season. They haven't really said anything about that during the postseason, but who really knows if he's 100% healthy or not. If the Chiefs want to win this game, they have to establish the run game because we saw in the past two playoff games only 186 team rushing yards combined in both games. And last week was only 42 yards, which eh, not not good. Not if you want to beat one of the best defenses in the NFL in the Philadelphia Eagles. But the Chiefs also need to protect Mahomes because, as I mentioned before, the, Chiefs, the Eagles lead the league in sacks. Um, the Eagles, they have their... They have uh, the best run game in the NFL. I mentioned that stat before where they scored all their touchdowns on the ground. And that was the fifth time this year that they've done that. So obviously they have the dominant run defense. You got Jalen Hurts and then the three, I want to call it three-headed monster at running back. But three very solid running backs that work within their system. Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. It's hard to pick a winner in this game. Mentioned before how all all these stats are the exact, literally the exact same. The script script writers are doing a great job with that. Um, but have to make a predict, have to choose a winner. I'm gonna go Chiefs win thirty-one to twenty-eight. Harrison Bucker game-winning field goal. It's going to be Vinatieri-like. 31-28 Chiefs on a game-winning field goal. And then we'll move on to the picks of the week. So obviously, I'll take Chief, I had Chiefs winning, so it's going to be the Chiefs money line. And then we have some other props. Super Bowl-only props. Coin toss. It's a stupid thing to bet on. But hey, it's a 50-50 chance of winning. Tails never fails. I'm betting tails on the coin toss. The national anthem. Now, I believe we have a country singer singing the national anthem this year at the Super Bowl. As we know, these country singers, they like to take their time when singing. They don't like to rush anything out. They like to hit the note a little extra. Like, oh, say can you see? They'll drag out that C for maybe a good 10 seconds. Right now, the line is two minutes and seven seconds, or 127 seconds for the national anthem. Hammer the over. It's going to go over. First touchdown score. Heard a very interesting stat this past week about first touchdown scores. Um, last time when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, first touchdown score was Alshon Jeffrey, and that was at plus 1,200. This year, for the Eagles, at first touchdown score at plus 1,200, which I like a lot, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, first touchdown score, hammer it. Gatorade color, I'm going to go with blue. It's at plus 600, a sleeper as of recent. I like blue a lot. I think blue is an underrated Gatorade flavor in general. A lot of people like the red. I don't know. I'm feeling blue this year. Got to go blue. And then obviously the Super Bowl MVP. 
If I got the Chiefs winning, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Him and Jalen Hurts are tied right now. Plus 135, Mahomes for a Super Bowl MVP. Maybe he'll get the regular season MVP too. I think we find that out tomorrow. Tomorrow is the awards, I believe. They usually they used to do it on the uh, Saturday, but what are the awards? I'm checking right now because I'm not exactly sure. I thought they were tomorrow on Thursday. Yes, Thursday, February 9th. So that's when we're going to find out who's MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defense Player of the Year, all that. So it's going to be very exciting before the Super Bowl. Because if Mahomes and Jalen Hurts are both uh, in contention for the MVP, so it'd be interesting to see which one of them wins it and if that will affect their Super Bowl play. We'll see you tomorrow. And then we do have two questions. First one. Regarding the New York Jets, should the Jets sign slash trade for Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, Derek Carr, or Lamar Jackson? All right, so I have a, being a Jets fan, I have opinions and feelings on all these guys. Lamar, I would love to have Lamar in New York, well, New Jersey, but playing for the Jets... He would be the, I think he could win us a Super Bowl if you bring Lamar to New York. But I highly doubt that's going to happen, that Lamar will come to the Jets. Right now, it's just a dream, a hope, a wish. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Jimmy G. Now, I've heard recently that Shanahan said Jimmy G will not be a part of this team next year. I like Jimmy G as a player. I don't know why the 49ers want to get rid of him. I mean, he is getting a little older, but he did play behind the GOAT in Tom Brady. He took his team last year, the conference championship game. The year before that, they went to a Super Bowl. I think he's a good quarterback. I I would not mind having Jimmy G on the Jets, especially being that the quarterback is the one position that they need to fill in. Derek Carr, I don't know about Derek Carr. I mean, he's played it all right in uh, Oakland and Las Vegas for the Raiders. Uh, he's obviously not my number one choice. I think I, li- I like Jimmy G a little bit more than Derek Carr. But again, Derek Carr, I would he's better than Zach Wilson. So I will take, if we end up getting Derek Carr, I will take it. And then Aaron Rodgers. Ah, we heard, was it yesterday? Yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. They have their Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, and he said he's going to go out in some dark, secluded house for four days to think about what he wants to do, whether he wants to play or retire. Um, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, he was a back-to-back MVP two years ago. He can throw the ball. I think he's still got it, but we're going to have to pay him a shit ton of money. I I don't know. I don't want to do that. Again, he's a good player, but especially, and he's on the older side too. I I would like to have a guy that could still play for a few more years, not just a one-time deal, and then he's gone after that. So I I like Aaron Rodgers, but again, I'd be happy if we got him, but I don't know, mixed feelings. 
So in, I'll rank them in order who they should sign or trade for. I'm not going to put Lamar in there because Lamar, I think right now it's unrealistic. But if, let's say Lamar and the Ravens don't agree on a deal, obviously we'll put Lamar at number one. I'll put Jimmy G at two, Aaron Rodgers three, Derek Carr four. Then the second question, should there be two weeks between the championship games and the Super Bowl? Uh, from a fan's perspective, I'm going to say no, because you hate having that two, those two weeks of anticipation. Or, you know what? We've gotten used to it. We are used to it because you have the Pro Bowl in between. But, I mean, I don't really look forward to watching the Pro Bowl. Everyone's anticipating to watch the Super Bowl. From a business standpoint, yes, they should. there should still be. Because you're building up, again, all that anticipation. People want to watch the Super Bowl. So people are chatting about it more. They're talking about it more. Now they're betting on, betting on it more because there's more legal states to gamble in. So it's making the NFL and Vegas a hell of a lot more money. Um, I'm going to say yes. There should still be two weeks before. Just purely on, for from a business standpoint and from a fan standpoint of building up anticipation. Also, I think having the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl would not make any sense. Because uh, guys, after that, like they don't, they don't want to do anything. They just want to relax. It's the off season. You just worked hard for twenty plus weeks. Like I don't think they wanted to go to a. Uh, I'm gonna call it a stupid uh, weekend. Of what are you really getting out of it? Just publicity. Which publicity you would love to have, but from their perspectives, I don't think the players would want it to have the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl. And that wraps up episode 13 of the Off the Bench podcast. Thank you all for listening. Remember, if you have questions, you can email them to offthebenchpodcast34 at gmail.com. You can DM the Instagram. You can comment on the YouTube channel. All right. We were talking about the future of this show before. Um, so we'll have an episode next week after the Super Bowl. Um, and I think we're going to jump right into college basketball and NBA. That's the plan right now. College basketball and NBA. Because there's a lot to talk about for both of them, especially with the All-Star game coming up with the NBA. March Madness coming up for college basketball. College basketball is crazy this year. Not a lot of familiar teams up at the top of the rankings. A lot of them are unranked and really trying to pull it together to make it into the tournament. So there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about with college basketball. In the NBA, trade deadline is going to happen soon, so we might see some new faces on different teams. So... That'll be interesting. But again, thank you for everyone for watching, and we'll see you next week.